How is it going, everybody? This is Sean Barnes. I want to welcome you to episode 72 of The Way of the Wolf. On the show today, I'm going to be talking through 10 different leadership-related questions that I've received over the past month or so. These come in from people that have emailed me or coaching calls that I've had and things like that. And I thought it might be value-added for me to share some of these questions and my thoughts around them with all of you. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive in. Okay, first question. What do you do when you want a leadership role but haven't had the opportunity to step into one yet? I think this one sounds kind of easy, but I say start leading where you are at. You don't have to have a title to successfully lead. Start leading your peers. Start leading the people around you. We talk a lot about leadership tools and lessons and how to apply them. You don't have to wait for the title. Just start leading. When you start helping everyone else around you, you will start getting more comfortable and more confident in leading. Those attributes and skills are going to start to shine through. People are going to start to see that. And notably, senior management is going to start to see that. What that means when the time comes for a leadership role to open up, you are going to be the first person on their mind. So don't wait. Just start applying the lessons and principles and things that we talk about on this show. Now, just start leading. And when the time is right, you will be ready. All right. Next question. When hiring an employee, do you look for experience or education? This is something that I'm going to share my thoughts on because they may be different than, than other people in corporate America. I personally don't put a lot of weight into formal education. I'm looking for passion and grit and tenacity and experience. All of those things play a significant role in a person's ability to succeed. Having a college degree may be an indicator of that person being capable of great things, but it is by no means a guarantee. So focus on experience, focus on finding someone that has a good culture fit with the team and that is passionate about what they do. If they're passionate about what they do and there's an opportunity to have alignment with your needs of the business and you blend those together, you're going to achieve success. It's not to say that they're going to be the perfect model employee, but if you have that passion, you can work with that. All right, let's see here. Do you feel mentor, mentors are important? If so, how do you find them? Yes, they are very important. Before I dive into the mentorship piece of it, I think it's important to note that yes, mentors are very important, but you likely will not always have the same mentor throughout your professional career or your development journey. You may very well outgrow some mentors. That's a tough place to be. But as we grow, 
You've got to constantly be seeking out who is that next person that you can learn from? Who is that next person that can coach you and guide you and help you get to that next level? In my experience, most successful people that would fall into a mentorship category, they're probably not going to seek you out, which means you have to seek out the mentor. You have to reach out to them and ask for guidance. When you do that, you're showing initiative. You're showing that person, he or she, that you want to be successful. Anybody who is a strong, successful mentor is likely not going to want to waste time with somebody that they have to chase down to coach them. I personally am not going to run people down to try to coach them on something. If they want guidance, if they want help, I am here and I will absolutely do everything I can to help that person out. But no, if you're seeking out a mentor, the onus is going to be on you to foster that relationship and make sure that you're coming to the table with ideas and thoughts and wondering, hey, what is your perspective on this? How do you think I should approach this? Last thing I'll say on this point is don't always take your mentor's word for gospel. There may be times when no matter how clear you are with sharing your thoughts on the situation, they may not know everything. They may not know all the the dynamics between the different people involved. So you take the information they give you and then roll it into everything else that you know about the situation, that you know about yourself, and use that to move forward in the best way possible. All right, let's see here. Next one. I love being an individual contributor, but I also love being a force multiplier. Can you achieve both successfully? Yes. One of the things that I have also learned is many strong leaders are strong because they are also an individual contributor. They are not afraid to roll up their sleeves and join the team and get in the battle, get in the fight, and do what has to be done. When you do that, you get more familiar with the situation, you get more familiar with the environment, and you are more of a successful leader. So I think that you have to be both. Well, you don't have to be both, but I think there's a tremendous amount of value in being both a leader or force multiplier and an individual contributor. So don't pigeonhole yourself into one or the other. Strive to do both. Okay, so this one's kind of interesting. What is the best approach when I don't agree with or see eye to eye on something that I've been tasked with from my immediate manager? All right, so we're getting into the realm of leading up the chain of command. This can be tricky, especially if you don't have a strong relationship or trust with your manager. So first and foremost, my guidance here is to build that relationship and build that trust. This happens over time. It does not occur overnight. So you have to 
put a concerted effort into building that relationship. And you do that by having conversations that are not strictly focused on work. Ask how the kids are. Ask what they did over the weekend. Again, this doesn't happen overnight. So you've got to start building that relationship, building that trust. When you have those things in place, it affords you the opportunity to start asking questions or start clearly explaining why you don't agree with the directive or the project or the thing that they want you to focus on. You also have to come to the conversation calm and collected. If you are in an emotional state when you try to have this conversation, it's probably not going to work well. It's just not going to work in your favor. So make sure that you spend time writing out your thoughts, practice having the conversation, maybe even have a friend or a family member kind of go through it with you a few times so that you're comfortable and confident coming to the table and having a conversation. Do this face-to-face, if at all possible. If not, do a virtual call on on Teams or, or Zoom or whatever your platform of choice is. <clears throat> Explain the why. Explain why you're struggling with it. Explain a better approach or whatever you feel is the right approach to move forward. If you're really struggling with it, the responsibility is yours to have that conversation and get them to understand. Now, if after all of these things have occurred, you are still told, hey, I I get it, I understand, but this is what we've got to do. That is what you've got to do. If you've gone through all of this stuff and you're still told you need to go this route or do this thing, you have to do that thing. You've got to fall in line. If you start digging in your heels and pushing back, it's not going to look good. You will get branded as someone who's difficult to work with. And you definitely don't want that because it undermines all of your process or progress that you have made in building yourself as a strong leader. Fall in line. Do what you've got to do to protect yourself, whether that's sending an email, hey, confirming this is what we're going to do on this project. Let me know if there's anything that I'm missing. This is something that in the HR world, we're very big about get documentation, get documentation, because decisions are made that human resources doesn't always agree with. Okay, that's a reality of life. There are different levels of risk tolerance that different businesses have. You've got to fall in line. You've got to do what you're told. Protect yourself, but keep moving forward. If you start to see a pattern where there's just not alignment in morals and things that are really struggling with you, and you've done everything you can, and you've spent time trying to build that relationship, You have to have a conversation with yourself and say, is this the right place for me? If not, you've got a difficult decision to make. So I shared quite a bit on that topic, but it is very challenging. I think key takeaways on that, build trust, craft your response as to why, what you think would work better, things like that, and then move forward. Okay, let's see here. 
When you're feeling negative or down about work, the company, or personnel, how do you cope and stay positive for those around you and your team and not spread negativity? This can be tough, especially if you work for a company that has a culture that is toxic. It is not easy to be that shining light, that beacon of hope in a sea of negativity. It can be done, but it's not easy. One of the things that I've learned over the years is that you yourself have to be in a good headspace, which means you can't always take work home with you. You have to have your own hobbies, your own passions outside of work, whether that's fitness or yoga or hiking or mountain biking or art or Bitcoin selling, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You have to have something else to be able to detach from work and the challenges there so that you can be in a good headspace. That's first and foremost, you have to be able to be in that good space. You have to be able to check out a little bit. You have to realize that there are some things that occur in businesses that are completely out of your control. Even if you could fix it, given the opportunity, if it's not your responsibility and someone else is managing that thing, you've got to let it go. You only focus on the areas that are right in front of you. Focus on the area that you can make a difference. When you do that, and your head is in the right place, it makes it easier for you to pull others out of the darkness because they're going to want to come to you. They're going to want to vent. And it is very easy for you to get sucked down in to the, to the, the whirlpool of negativity. But you can't do that. If you find yourself starting to get sucked in, you got to detach a little bit, go do your own thing, and then come back to the table and make sure that you are having conversations with peers or members of your team. You're focusing on what is the opportunity here? What is this trying to teach us? How can we do better? When you start using language like that, you start shifting the narrative. People are going to come around. People are going to see that and they're going to think, you know what? There is a silver lining here. Maybe tough to find, but it's there. We've just got to work together to get through this problem, to get through this challenge. Okay. What is the most impactful lesson you have learned that has helped shape your leadership style? I would say all of them. As a leader, you never stop learning. I mean, as a successful leader, anyway, you, you have to come to the table and, and realize that this is a never-ending journey. It has to be about the process. There is no destination of, boom, I'm a leader, and you're done. The second you have that mindset is the second you start falling. It is not a good place to be. Now, all of that being said, I think what is the most important is your ability 
to care for your people. It has to be about them. It cannot be about you. Kindness, empathy, candor. These are all things that are traits of successful leaders. You have to care about your people. I would say of all the things that I've learned, that right there, you could boil it all down to just that. You have to care about your people. All right. When going through your leadership program, how do I also develop the members of my team? Well, there's a few things that come to mind. You've got to lead by example. As you grow and develop as a leader, people are going to be watching. They're going to be seeing the change in you. But you've got to keep moving forward. You have to make sure that you're teaching them the same lessons that you are learning. That's huge. When people see that you're investing in them and developing them and sharing the knowledge that you've learned whenever you're going through any sort of program or, or self-development or whatever that may be, people are going to start to appreciate it. They're going to start to pick up on it. You lead by example. One other thing that I'd like to add in here that I think is pretty important is you put them in the limelight. You give them the exposure to go have conversations with senior leadership, to go have conversations with the managers out in the business. It can't always be you. While you may know the answer, I would encourage you, instead of becoming the nexus, which I just had an episode on recently, connect the dots across the business and your team. Don't funnel everything through you. If a manager in the business has a question about payroll, connect them with the payroll manager. Say, hey, I'm going to have such and such reach out to you. She's our payroll manager. She's going to get you taken care of. That starts to build trust. That gives the payroll manager the opportunity to have conversations with the people in the business. Gives him or her the opportunity to grow and learn more and learn how to have those conversations. There's a number of things that really come into to play when you are developing as a leader but the biggest thing I can share is everything that you learn, pass that along to your team. Impart that knowledge on them. Okay, what is the best way to prepare for an interview? Well, I think research. You got to start off there. You got to know the company that you're interviewing with. LinkedIn is a phenomenal resource to start learning more about the team that you will likely be interfacing with. If you're going in and applying for an engineering role at a company, go, go to LinkedIn, go to that uh, company page, and then look at all the engineers there. Start looking at all of their experience, getting a sense of, okay, well, this one has expertise in SolidWorks. This one has expertise in AutoCAD. Learn as much as you can. You have to come to the interview and come to the conversation knowing something about the people that you're interfacing with, the people that you're going to be working with. When you have a better sense of what's going on, at least from the outside looking in, it gives you the opportunity to come to the interview and start asking intelligent questions. I have interviewed probably hundreds of people in my career and one of the things that I always look out for is what types of questions are they asking me? 
if at the end of the in, at if at the end of the interview, I've asked all my questions, we've had the conversation, and I open it up and say, "Hey, do you have any questions?" And they say, nah, "No, I'm good." Ooh, nine times out of ten, I'm going to write them off because that's showing that they're not really that interested or engaged. Now, maybe they're just nervous. That is a reality, but come to the table and have questions prepared and make sure they're good questions. Make sure they're questions around like, what are the the goals and objectives of the leaders in the business? What are the goals and objectives for this hiring manager? What does success look like to you? That's a that's a really good question because what it's doing is giving you the opportunity to ask the hiring manager what expectations are going to be for this role coming in and how to achieve success. So think through those things. I think those are all pretty big. One other thing is going to be confidence. Make sure that's that's tricky. Confidence comes with time and experience and competence. And if you have the opportunity and you're comfortable enough, come to the interview kind of with a mindset of you're excited about the role, but if you don't get the role, that's okay too. When you're kind of indifference, indifferent about that, again, you got to show excitement for the role, but if, you, if it's not something you really need, you won't come across as desperate. So just a few other little things. Dress the part. I mean, I'm always talking about dressing the part. Uh, that's going to be important as well. Okay. All right. So we got the the last question here. I really want to progress in my career and move into more of a leadership role, but I've struggled to get there. Do you feel that going back to school and getting an MBA will help me get there faster? Ooh, I left this question for the last one because it is likely going to ruffle some feathers. Now, to be fair, it's only going to ruffle feathers of people that have MBAs but I'm going to share my thoughts on it. In this day and age, I do not think that a college degree or an advanced degree is a prerequisite for success. Some people do. I don't. I'm looking for skills and passion and tenacity. Those are the things that I'm looking for. Skills can be taught. Knowledge is free online. Okay, you don't have to go into massive amounts of debt to get advanced college degrees to be successful. Does it open some doors? Yes, it sure does. You know, one of the things that that I, I kind of chuckle about, Elon Musk openly talks about if you want someone that's great at PowerPoints, get an MBA. People with MBAs don't really know how to run businesses. In my experience, that has shown to be true. Not always the case. There are some people that have MBAs that impress me, but they are the minority. So don't focus on, I have to get this degree to open this door. If you want to, fantastic. Go get it. Go get it done. I know that those advanced degrees carry, for people that have them, they're very proud of them. And it is something to be proud of. But do not think that that is the only way that you will achieve success. Follow your heart, follow your passion, do what you love, and start learning on your own. There is 
tons of content out there to help you learn and grow and become a, a stronger leader and just start leading where you're at today. That's what it's all about. Focus on the journey, not the destination. All right. This episode ended up being a little bit longer than I thought it was going to be, but I feel like there's a lot of value in being able to answer these questions for all of you. So uh, I actually really enjoy the, this type of um, show and, and interaction. I sat on a panel recently and really enjoyed that quite a bit. I feel like I'm able to add more value by answering questions as opposed to just get a, getting up here and talking about one specific topic. If this show was valuable, please like and subscribe and share it out there with your with your friends. Uh, there's no no commercials or anything like that. My intent here is really just to help people out. So if any of you do have any questions, you can reach me at Sean at the way of the wolf .com or my social media platforms or the underscore Sean Barnes. I'm trying to post content out there daily with little thoughts and clips and ideas that just come to mind. Hopefully those are helpful for all of you as well. That is all I've got for you today. Thank you so much and y'all have a good one.